Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bringing Virtual Care Home. My name's Tina Nall. I'm the Chief Clinical Officer at Anelto. And today, my guest is Nicole Bradbury, who's the CEO and founder of the Florida Association of Accountable Care Organizations. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for being my guest. Sure. Thanks for having me. Sure. Let's start out today by having you tell the uh, audience a little bit about your background and what inspired you to bring your talents and experience into the healthcare space. Well, I've I've been in healthcare for way longer than I'd like to tell you. Um, I started on the payer side. Um, I was there probably 12, 16 years on the payer side. Last um, bit of that with United Healthcare and I think um, what I did at United kind of spurred what we now call value-based healthcare. We were really looking at how to move the needle on cost and quality within a large payer, um, learned what worked, learned what didn't work. And so those things that didn't work spurred us to go outside, do a, a startup back in 2009, which was really about how do we wrap programs that drive cost and quality around doctors, who is the trusted advisor, and really, which is the definition of value-based healthcare, right? Moving risk from insurance companies to providers and letting them partake in it. And so did that with Rise Health. Um, that company ended up selling to Best Doctors and um, Teladoc eventually. And then I started another company called Orange Health right about the time the Affordable Care Act came and came along with this ACO, Medicare Shared Savings Program model. And so started a company to really be an ACO enablement company, kind of a predecessor to what we now think of as Alidaid and Signify and some of those big entities doing it today. And at that time, um, I looked around at the marketplace and said, you know, this is kind of the wild, wild west in this accountable care, value-based healthcare, you know, chase. And so I formed the Florida Association of ACOs at that time, really just kind of to harness that marketplace and bring everybody together so we could learn from each other, network and, and really you know, together take this journey for value-based healthcare. Well, that is wonderful. So um, what are the primary goals of the uh, Florida's Association of Accountable Care Organizations? Well, it's like I said, it's really just to bring everybody together who's trying to you know, play a part in value-based healthcare. You know, Florida was a very unique market. It was led by independent entrepreneurial docs versus a lot of hospital-led markets. And it's probably the reason it's the most successful value-based healthcare market in the country. Um, you know, we, we were out of the gate first. We have two of the most successful ACOs in the country, Millennium and Palm Beach ACO. And so it was just, you know, a good marketplace to bring all those thought leaders and innovators and entrepreneurs together. And that was really what the Florida Association was about. It was how do we bring everybody doing value-based healthcare together so that we can learn from each other and get better and, and, and move the needle, needle to, to that kind of um, financial model. So then what type of health entities um, joined the uh, association and how does the association help them with meeting their goals? Well, so initially it was all about Medicare. It was the Medicare Shared Savings Program that came out from the Affordable Care Act. And so, you know, my entire board was made up of leaders running these big Medicare ACOs. But since, you know, that was kind of the original um, makeup of the association, but now it's commercial ACOs, it's Medicare Advantage, it's anybody really on this path of value-based healthcare. So, you know, we have education, we have a big conference every year, we have business partners and we promote them to our members. I mean, we do a lot of stuff along those lines, Basic, you know, basic association stuff. Okay. So you're kind of the conduit 
to bring all of the thought leaders in this um, accountable care space together uh, to kind of in uh, up everybody's game in that particular uh, area. Okay, great. Well, um, so um, the healthcare leaders and the organizations that uh, comprise your um, organization, how do they work together um, to increase the quality of care delivered to patients? Well, so that, that is the definition of an accountable care organization is really um, how do you use data? How do you bring new tools to the table? How do you really, you know, educate and, and create change management within practices in order for them to think um, longitudinally about the patient, not just what the patient's dealing with today? And so, you know, the ACOs kind of wrap all those things around doctors to create high performance and better outcomes for patients. I mean, truly, that, that's what their purpose is. So in what type of specialties do you feel like the, um, the ACO has um, made great strides? Well, you know, the ACO is really focused on primary care. It's like, how do, how do we support primary care to look at um, a patient population holistically and, and manage their care across the continuum? And certainly, you know, within um, that spend that primary care can influence, you know, cardiac and ortho probably are the two top you know, spend components from a diagnosis perspective. And then where all the money is, is, is to, to hopefully save and shave and keep people happy and healthy at home is in the hospital. So, you know, you don't want people going to the hospital, you want them healthy and out of the hospital. And if you can accomplish that by really managing from a primary care perspective, then, then you've accomplished the goal. Great. Well, so, um, how has the organization, um, created strategies to overcome barriers that um, have been defined by social determinants of health, access and everything from access to um, technology uh, deficits? Well, I mean, you know, initially there was so much low hanging fruit. It was really just about organizing and looking at the patient's data, trying to make sure we got patients in front of the doctors at the right cadence, assuming the doctors would do the right thing. Um, in order to do that, we had to bring technology to the table. We had to bring analytics to the table. Um, we brought new tools. You know, we we educated. We, you know, I mean, social determinants are just kind of the latest buzzword. But as we're trying to engage and move the needle with patients, if we don't understand what else is going on in their life that affects their health care, then we're not going to be successful in engaging. And so how do we get smarter about what else is going on in their lives and, and employing that as we outreach? And so, you know, all of that comes together in order to create better outcomes. And so have you um, looked at using uh, virtual care as a modality for um, furthering the objective of the um, improvement in, in um, outcomes? Sure. And I'll tell you, COVID came, you know, everybody was looking at uh, telehealth and how do we uh, deploy it? You know, there were some barriers there with payers paying for telehealth. But, you know, under risk contracts, it made sense to kind of move ahead even, you know, outside of some of those um, issues, you know, around deploying it. But when COVID came, wow, that just ripped the Band-Aid off of it. And telehealth became, you know, one of the ways that we kept in touch with our patients and um, seeing them when everybody was locked in and hospitals weren't accepting other than very critically ill patients. And so it really did prove that virtual care is the model of the future. And I don't think we'll ever put that genie back in the box or the bottle. 
Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I believe the same. Uh, so what would you like to, um, or how and why do you envision value-based care becoming the future of healthcare um, as a national model? Well, it's already heading down that path. I mean, it's probably, you know, us, uh, those of us who kind of been in it from the very beginning thought it was going to be a much um, faster pace for implementation. You know, it, it, you've got a lot of disincentives and blockers in, in the world and in the nation that, that have slowed down that path, but it's definitely heading that way. There's, there's very few doctors that aren't doing some kind of value-based healthcare. Um, you know, certainly Medicare led the charge, commercial payers are signing, you know, getting on board and have all kinds of contracts out there for providers to participate in. So I, I just think it's just a matter of time before everybody in the world that's practicing medicine is, is part of kind of these new payment models that incent the right behaviors. Yeah. So what do you think is the primary blocker to people moving in this direction and away from what we traditionally knew as fee for service? Well, I mean, I think it's just hard, you know, that the, the, you know, change is hard, but when you've got, you know, one of the largest industries in the country, you know, that is supports itself from a, a certain financial model, it's hard to change that. Um, you know, you've got to change technology, you've got to change, you know, people and processes and, you know, and you've got to change, you've got to move models that, that reward um, certain folks in the system and move it to other folks. For example, is, you know, probably 80% of the pie has gone to hospitals historically, and we want to move a bunch of that pie to primary care and to specialists who are really going to keep people healthier. You know, long-term, I think it's changing the standard of care from test and prescribe, test and operate to really kind of root cause healthcare. And that's a huge shift. And a lot of people, you know, that are that are making lots of money today are going to be left out of that shift. And so, you know, changing that is going to be difficult, but it's the right thing to do. So, you know, you just got to keep at it. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with you. I spent a lot of my career in um, health systems that the front door was acute care. Um, and we know that that cost over time will bankrupt our country. But in the meantime, um, changing the foundational thinking and, and structures that have uh, supported healthcare for so long is a mammoth task. So I, I 100% agree with you. Um, so what's next for your organization? Well, um, this is our 10th year in existence, and we've got a big conference planned. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I would say anybody listening who is interested in um, learning more about value-based healthcare and getting engaged, um, come to the conference, and that's in October. And uh, you can check us out on our website, uh, blackos.com. But, um, but, you know, it's, it's, I think behavioral health is, is a big topic. I think getting more specialists in the game of value-based healthcare is a big topic this year. Um, health equity is certainly on the radar, along with social determinants of health. How do we incorporate that in all of our engagement? You know, there's always new things that come. ACO reach is the new Medicare model. And so, um, you know, to see if that's going to last and compete in a big way with MA, I think all of those things are, are things for, for us to watch out for. Yeah, I did take a look at your um, conference from last year in October. I think it's safe to assume that the conference site will be somewhere in Florida. Is that true? Well, typically we always do it in Orlando, and this year it's already at the same place as last year, the Hilton, and it's a great venue, and so and we've got some fun things planned since it's our 10th year, so, so it should be a, a good event. 
looked like you had a really rich um, cast of speakers and topics. And uh, so, yeah, sounds like a great conference. Um, is it the same? You said October of 2023. Or do you have the dates of that? No, I, I don't have them handy. But if you go down to the website, I should know. Them. Um, you can you can see the dates there. I think it's the, maybe third week in October. Okay. And, and did you have people across the nation come to, to listen in? Yeah, we do. Every year we get more and more people outside the state of Florida. I mean, Florida is the number one market. And so lots of people want to come and learn, you know, why, why we're so successful. And so we get, we, not only do we get great keynote speakers that come from, you know, other places than Florida that are doing some really cool things in value-based healthcare. We have people that just want to participate and be part of it. So yeah, we, we have a quite, and it's a very executive level kind of turnout. It's, it's the folks that are really driving change, innovating entrepreneurs, that kind of uh, audio, or, you know, participation is what you, what you see there. Well, that's great to come to a conference and be able to take something home that can really help to uh, change your direction for something more positive is wonderful. Yeah. Well, do you have any closing comments you'd like to leave with the audience before we end our session today? No, just thank you for having me. And it's always exciting to talk about value-based healthcare. I think it is the way of the future. And so, you know, whenever I can help be a cheerleader for it, I'm, I'm willing. So thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you again for being my guest. And for all of you out there, I hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of Bringing Virtual Care Home. Have a great day. 